Welcome in to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Eric Eager. I'm joined today by a man who I've touted as a college DFS sharp all season. And while his ROI had been positive, he even even got a 9K win uh, in the NFL. Last weekend, Ben, you and I won one of the college DFS tournaments, the big one. Every single Saturday, Ben, I I text you and I'm like, let's win the Millie Maker. And of course, it's not a Millie Maker in college. It's only 50 grand, but it's still a, a significant chunk of money. Ben, how did it, like, how, how, how was your day Saturday? It was pretty, it was pretty intense. It was wild. We had, I had a lot of things going on. Um, I don't know. It was uh, kind of surreal out through certain aspects of it so I don't know I made some really good decisions midway through the day I also made some poor decisions while making those really good decisions that uh potentially left some money on the table but it did definitely feel good to uh you know secure the actual victory it is I have been playing DFS for a really long time I have had some like top 10 top 5 finishes this was actually the first like big contests that I've actually walked away as the winner on. So that definitely felt good um, from that perspective. So yeah, there was a lot of uh, interesting things, but it was kind of a unique slate. Uh, a lot of people really like, you know, Jordan Mason from Georgia Tech with D- Dibs basically being uh, doubtful or out. I think he had right around 45% ownership in the tournaments that I saw. So a lot of people gravitated towards him, which opened up some opportunities for um, freshman running backs and other things. Um, in certain games that actually definitely performed well. And I was kind of, you know, going through Friday and Saturday trying to decide, you know, what Texas running back that I kind of wanted to target. I kind of like both Bijan Robinson um, with, you know, Keontae Ingram being out. And so I was kind of like waffling back and forth between that. It actually turned out where you didn't really need to choose between the two because they both had really solid games. Um, But you know, they were really low owned. And then we had, you know, the Kansas State running rookie or uh, freshman running back as well that uh, came through. So it was uh, kind of a fun, fun Saturday slate of games, to say the least, at this point in time. I know you were right along with me, sweating it out with me. So I definitely <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we kind of got there. You know, we put our whole process together. It's something that we've been, you know, trying to refine and tweak as often as we can, you know, making yeah. small changes and things like that. But it is, you know, obviously always a learning process at this well, point as, time, and as so. the listeners of this podcast know i mean you know you know we built you know uh, a, a college fantasy model much like we built the nfl fantasy model um but i would say that you know you do the majority of the heavy lifting as far as the content you know you're sort of the trader there but i will say, like you you kind of you you scour over the the injury reports you you sort of build the lineups i'm a complete i mean i'll build the projections but i'm a complete donkey as far as the uh you know the the game theory and all that but i will say the the funnest part was you know you you sent me the you know the the link to our contest and i look and you hit on two running backs right away that were like three percent owned right like both guys 30 40 points and and i'm like wow this is looking good and you're like yeah you know the the issue is, is where do we go with quarterback and you know we had the virginia quarterback who was amazing he ran for touchdowns he was really the perfect quarterback in that virginia um versus boston college game uh to be the ahead quarterback and then the funny thing is boston college was in their third string quarterback 
And so, you know, to your point, like we decided to go with one lineup that had the Tennessee back at quarterback, and we had one lineup that decided to go with the Boston College back at quarterback. And, and Grossell, you know, threw for like 500 yards and four touchdowns. It was a perfect come from behind quarterback. He threw some interceptions, but he really, and, the, and then he had the stack with the wide receiver as well. And so that was a really cool, like, and middle of a slate adjustment that ended up being uh, sort of enough uh, for us to get there. And frankly, there were other lineups in our optimizer, like the third and fourth lineups that ended up winning money as well. So uh, it was an overall good day. And it, it really, I think, you know, to people who are listening to this, who are building betting models or who are playing DFS, you know, we, we had, you know, we've, we've had various success with this. I think early on, we were really just looking at totals and stuff, and then we built a model and then, now we have sort of a more refined optimizer. For example, on the NFL, you can actually use that with an elite subscription on pff.com. Cyber 40, I think, just ended, but um, you can still buy that access to that. Now, in college, we're sort of demoing it for ourselves. It's really nice after a couple years to really see the fruits of this sort of come to fruition. Um, and, and, you know, just a, like, like I said, a testament to the work that you're putting in. Um, really understanding the game, which I think comes out really well um when you when we do this podcast so great work there ben um yeah, yeah it is it is interesting because you know we talk about like the modeling and everything else and there is like uh even in, you know especially in 2020 there's definitely like some nuance uh that's happening you know with you know not even you know like a betting model but also like dfs optimizer and things like that where you're still coming down to like injury situations and how you're projecting out future usage that uh certain things you know there's tweaks and other things happening that you just basically need to take into account where you're, you know, you kind of have to have your own domain knowledge and stuff like that to actually be successful in any area that you're actually, um, you know, trying to be at at this point in time. So it is interesting, but sorry, go ahead. I cut you off there a little bit, Eric. I'll let you uh, jump back into it. So no, that's a, I mean, that's a hundred percent it, right? Like you can build the models and stuff, but you do need to have domain specific knowledge. Um, if you're going to do anything other than, uh, bet the unders with us. Uh, we were positive right. again, I believe, on PFF Greenline last week for college football. We had two negative weeks all season in college. So speaking of that, now we don't have football tomorrow. First Wednesday in two weeks, we haven't had football. We do have Thursday night football, both for the NFL, presumably, as well as college football. Florida Atlantic Owls, Southern Miss Golden Eagles. This game is one where, let's be honest, Ben, we're going to bet over because it's 42 and a half in a college right. game, but there's really no edge here. Right. Um, and in fact, basically split as far as, uh, well, actually yeah, more under a ticket ticket count uh, is, is sort of on the over 54%, 46%, a great deal of cash on the under. And I think that's just basically speaks to the way the Florida Atlantic plays, um, you know, very much a, an, an under team, um, but in a uh, standalone game, you know, that, the degenerates in us are going to bet this over here, but there is really, there is a game on Thursday night. Um, again, we talk about Georgia tech uh, and how much they helped us by getting behind against NC state uh, and not giving the ball to their running back. They're hosting Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's a six and a half point favorite total in the game. 54. Uh, what's the angle on this one, Ben? Yeah, I kind of like it. It's kind of an intriguing Thursday night matchup in the ACC. Uh, quite a few places actually separate these teams in our ELO rankings especially when you're looking at, you know, just the ACC matchup. I think Pittsburgh's fourth overall, Georgia Tech's 12th. Uh, both offenses are pretty poor at this point in time. Uh, Georgia Tech, I basically think, had one uh, 
spot early in the season where we kind of like their under Jeff Sims kind of went off. That was basically the one uh, really solid game from an offense perspective. Other than that, they've been kind of poor at this point in time. Kenny Pickett has returned for Pittsburgh. They have been a little bit better, I would say, recently, um, you know, on the offensive side of the football. But defensively, they've been really sound at this point in time. I do think that they're going to be capable of slowing down and completely stopping Georgia Tech at this point. I think Pittsburgh basically has the second-best defense in the ACC outside of Clemson. I would put them ahead of the Miami Hurricanes. So um, they have kind of gotten beat up lately. They've had, they have had a pretty tough string of games. I think they played Clemson last week, had Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, a few other games. So they have allowed basically 30 or more points in their each of the last seven games. So I think uh, the market might just be a little undervaluing how good their defense is, but I do think that this is a spot where you could definitely lean towards the under 54. It has come up just a little bit um, throughout the week. I think it opened up right around 53, 53 and a half. We are seeing a significant percentage of the cash and tickets on the over. So I kind of like fading the market here, expecting a little bit slower of a game, especially if Pittsburgh gets out to an early lead. I don't think Georgia Tech's going to be able to keep pace. So I kind of, you know, I'm leaning more towards unders here as we get towards the latter half of the season once again. And I think I can sweat this one out on Thursday while flipping back and forth between an NFL game at this point in time, just to keep me a little bit less uh, agitated when sweating out that under. Is this something that you can uh, help me get on board with? Are you going to be sitting this one out, sweating out the Florida (laughs) Atlantic Southern Miss? Standalone games, man. I can't, you know, you you can't, you, you need some action. And with the college player prop market, not particularly great. Um, probably going to go under there, even though the edge is not particularly big. It is, I think the narrative makes sense. I also think Georgia Tech in a high profile game against UCF early in the season really did show out on offense. And since then, well, and then they also had that Thursday or Friday night game against right. was it Louisville where they, they played really well was... on offense. And I think that's really keeping the thing buoyed for them. Pittsburgh facing sort of an average offense. Uh, in that conference is an under game. And, and and so if you view Georgia Tech probably a little bit more soberly, um, you know, as a team that right now is negative EPA, not only against the run, but against the pass uh, on, on offense, um, you know, it, it is a good spot. Speaking of a good spot, so the Thunder, the Marshall Thundering Herd, obviously, they were going to be 20-point favorites against Charlotte at home. Last week, they were about that um, against Rice and lost outright on the road. Um, And, uh, you know, and they hadn't played in three weeks, were clearly rusty, and their offense was absolutely hot garbage for a team that had been rolling through people all year. I know we had them, we had UMass against them, and UMass barely covered the number, um, you know, and and the Marshall Thundering Herd looked unstoppable. I mean, they were shut out against Rice, so... Um, could you even think about laying 20 points here with Randy Moss's alma mater here? I mean, I as much as I want to lay with Randy Moss's alma mater, I don't know if I can. The market has basically moved against him at this point. They could open up right around 22, move down to 20. So obviously 21 is, you know, a somewhat significant number when you get out to these higher spreads, especially in college football. You see it definitely a lot more. But yeah, Marshall didn't look good at all versus Rice, and they actually never really showed up at all you know I kind of was expecting them throughout the game to potentially you know revitalize some form of their offense that they had earlier in the season that never really came to fruition so I'm not really expecting it to necessarily carry forth uh into this week but again we have Charlotte 13th out of 14 defenses in 
Conference USA according to our opponent just defense grade. So if there is a get right matchup for Marshall, I do think it could be coming here this weekend. But fortunately, um, I might be looking at it if we get a little bit more line movement at this point in time, but I don't know if we're going to. So this might be a spot where I'm kind of, you know, looking for some other opportunities on Friday. And there are, you know, a few quality games at this point in time still sitting up here. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on UTEP at North Texas. Because Greenland has just a little bit of value on North Texas. Um, all right, again, at, at, they have a little bit of value on UTEP, and we have a little bit of value on the under at 62.5. I don't think I can stomach taking an under uh, with North North Texas at this point in time, especially, you know, how proficient they've been on offense and how quickly they actually have a pace to play at this point in time. Is this something that you could uh, potentially talk me into, or are we going to be uh, sitting this one out again as well? You know, this is weird, actually, right? So the North Texas quarterbacks this year have a higher pass rating when pressured than when clean. I know we had their over, and they bet we backed them in a game against Middle Tennessee. Um, but I don't know. I mean, they they're they're just barely above zero EPA per pass. Um, EPA per run is high, but you know that's not all that stable. Um, UTEP has struggled in the passing game, but they actually have a better EPA per pass than North Texas does. Um, you know the it's tri it's tricky I, this is a weird game i can see why we like utep here plus the double digits um even on the money line there um so i probably will back utep um but there's not a you know it, it, it's been a struggle for for us there, this year i think we had utep or maybe it was utsa against texas state in sort of a wild game um right. you know the the utep team has been tough to back this year but i think i'll do it this in this one yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely on board more with backing UTEP on the spread than I am trying to take the under 62 and a half at this point in time. So I think that would probably be my direction um, that I'm leaning in right now. But what am I? I think I got to dive into my favorite bet potentially uh, coming up here on Friday. Arizona State at Arizona. We have a little bit of a rivalry game in the Pac-12. Of course, Arizona has some questions at quarterback Grant Cannell. I think looked pretty decent to start the season for Arizona. He obviously got injured in I want to say week 13, first snap of the game. So Will Paul Plummer's basically started his first game last week, played the majority of the game the week before. Hasn't looked that great. Uh, I do think that, you know, there is some uncertainty to if Grant Gunnell is going to be back at this point in time, but I think the market has basically fully baked in Will Plummer starting. So I think there might be just a little bit of value on Arizona at plus 11. This line opened up around eight and a half. We obviously crossed 10 all the way up to 11. So I do think you're getting just a little bit of value on Arizona in a game that could potentially play just a little bit tired, which has, you know, in previous seasons, especially coming back to the rivalry aspect of this matchup. So I kind of lean towards the Wildcats in this spot, but you know, Jaden Daniels is a quarterback that I've always liked uh, for Arizona State last year. Two freshmen basically looked really good. And, you know, the coaching staff for Arizona State has actually graded and looked quite well in some of the metrics that we've, you know, been working on and developing and modeling and stuff like that, uh, both their offensive and defensive coordinators. So from that perspective, I'm a little bit more dicey towards Arizona, but I kind of, you know, like them to at least keep it, be able to keep it within a touchdown. I think this is kind of a similar spot to the Oregon State game that we backed last weekend on Pac-12 After Dark Channel, um, where it's not really that comfortable. You're playing, you know, basically a backup quarterback, but I think the spread has just gotten a little too wide uh, where they could potentially come back and, you know, get a backdoor cover for us here at the end of the game. It's, um, it's kind of what I'm leaning at this point in time. Yeah, I like your analysis on this one. I mean, Arizona, we had them against UCLA, and I think if the quarterback doesn't get hurt uh, and they don't make some boneheaded decisions late in that game, they probably cover the number. Um, you know, they haven't played great. They're, I think, understandably, um, you know, the worst team that we have in the Pac-12. 
but eleven, you know, eleven's a lot on the road in a COVID situation, right? Like there could be a situation again where Arizona State just doesn't have, you know, what it takes. In fact, you know, um, the other day they got they got absolutely. Well, they were the team that got drilled by US, uh, by USC, right on on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I believe so. Um, yeah, I, I think so. We were looking at that game. No, well, they got so beat USC by UCLA. played Washington State. That's right. And they, yeah, yeah I, I tweeted out that uh, yeah, so it was it was Washington State that got beat out, that got blown out in a game that we had the under in uh, on Sunday night. You know, concurrently with the Chiefs game, um, Arizona State did lose. They did lose to UCLA. You know, both of these teams, right, have lost UCLA now um, in the last two weeks. And I think, you know, sort of equally so, um, you know, our, our guy Chip Kelly's team. So, I, I yeah, I mean, look, it, it's the it's the 8 o'clock game on Friday. Um, you know, we're going to be on a side, the side to be on Arizona here from the mathematical perspective. The nice part about Saturday is there's a ton of games, um, and obviously you'll talk about them uh, on your Friday night, Saturday morning podcast. With that many games, obviously, you don't have to seek action. There'll be enough action to be had. But in the Thursday and Friday game, um, you know, every, you know, people are going to bet those games, and we want to be there to help you with that. Um, so, yeah, man, I, you know, I'm excited. This is week, what, 15? Right, right. It's wrapping up it's quickly. Ra- we're already I mean, staring we're, down the we're, we're barrel sort of, of about, conference championships. Right. We're sort of thinking about when we can get you to Cincinnati so we can go to Indiana and bet some of these games, um, you know, at the sports book. Um you know, it was either going to be this week or sometime during the bowl week or whatever. Uh, you know, bowl season, we don't know how many bowls are going to be. Um, all in all, this has been a crazy season, but the fact that we're getting 30 college football games or more every single weekend, and we have been for months now, um, is, is sort of a testament to some of the work that these guys are doing, uh, some of the sacrifices that people are making, and we certainly uh, appreciate that. And uh, obviously – um, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the players that uh, made it possible for us to, to chip on the uh, uh, the DFS last <laughs> week. So, um, Ben, do you have any parting words? Um, no, just keep looking for this more great content, of course, coming from the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We get basically football almost every day this week, I think, besides Wednesday at this point in time. So, uh, you know, the season is wrapping up quickly. Not as many opportunities are obviously going to be available here pretty soon. So you got to take advantage of any ones that you can get. So definitely tune in uh, to the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Some great content coming out as well. Um, and we'll continue to try and uh, make some plays as we head into the end of the season here. Yeah, and for those people who, you know, want, you know, you did tweet out your blow-up, you know, the blow-up model we made, um, and, you know, some of the receivers on there, uh, this, you know, obviously it's not something where we publish our college football uh, fantasy model, but there are trinkets, uh, you know, dispersed throughout the week, so go ahead and get yourself some of those, and obviously the analogous plays for the NFL. Um, Awesome. Well, for Eric Eager, or sorry, for Ben Brown, I'm Eric Eager. Uh, This has been the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Take care, everybody.